Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it is what it is. It is the Man Fuse Podcast. I am Kay Lee, your host, my co-host, Ben H. So today on the Man Fuse Podcast, have you ever given any thought to your relationship with alcohol? And when did it start for you? Ben H. is going to open up about his relationship with alcohol and how the book, The Naked Mind, is just what he needed to hear at this very moment. Okay, let's do this. Ben H. and all his glory, fine feathered... Bird. <laughs> Whatcha? Wow. <laughs> you feel the passion and energy off of that. That's good. That's right. Soaring like an eagle. Or a hawk. Or a hawk. Yeah. A hawk is what you, if you had to choose a bird. Yes. A hawk would be it. It'd be a close uh, competition between the owl and the hawk. I'm an owl guy. Uh, but I'm, I, I think I'd have to go with the Hawk, dude. They're just my favorite. It's interesting because I have a few of them. Literally, there's like two that I think live really close to my house. Oh, yeah. And they're always flying up above, mm-hmm. uh, kind of playing and chasing each other. And, dude, I screech at them, and they screech back. Oh. It's you... crazy. And I don't know if they're screeching at me, or maybe they're screeching anyways. But if I see them up there, I'll go, Gah! And your neighbors are all like, what? And they don't sound like that, but they do their thing back. It's like a whistle. It's like a high-pitched whistle. Oh, you speak eagle or hawk. Hawk. You speak hawk. So I feel like I have kind of a connection with the hawk. Yeah. yeah. Owls are badass, you know, fucking birds of prey right there. Yeah, they are. Um, have you seen, Yeah, I think everyone's seen it. I don't remember who captured it. Probably it was like Nat Geo or something. Yeah. And it's this slow you know incoming of this yeah. owl where he fucking talons come out and it's Ooh. just dude it's something fierce and anything that's head can rotate 360 degrees is a fucking scary motherfucker right there and and owls are ve- their presence is very intimidating because Hell yeah. they um at my house i lived at in buckhead the first one where we had a lot of woods we had that big yard we had a family of owls that lived back there so I got to experience some owl action at my last house. Okay. They stay low. They uh-huh. fly low. Uh-huh. They hang low in the trees. Uh-huh. They are huge. They are huge. And they're and and their their sound is incredibly creepy and eerie uh-huh. at night when you can't see them. Oh yeah. And they're close. And they're watching you. And they're watching. And then you see them, dude, and they're low and they're huge. Oh yeah. Well, I think they sit low, but they also sit high. I think I feel like they will perch high and then they'll go to a lower branch when maybe shit's getting ready to get fucked up. I mean, when they're hunting, it's like, you know, a lot of bird of prey is going to hunt from the air mm-hmm. in open fields and stuff like that. Right. The owl hunts in the forest. Mm-hmm. And maybe other birds do too. It's just my experience with the owl. Every time I encountered one, he was sitting on like a low branch of a big tree. Oh, yeah. Still higher up than 20 feet up, high up. 
when my mother-in-law was still alive and she was living here in my uh, basement, um, there was a good amount of time where Aaron, my wife, and my mother-in-law were kind of like taking advantage of the tennis courts in my neighborhood. Playing tennis? Yeah. My mother-in-law would watch the kids while Aaron and I went and played, and Aaron would watch the kids while me and my mother-in-law went and played. Got it. It was just a good so workout. Wait, you have tennis courts here? Yeah. Dude, we should play tennis. No, we should. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Now I'm excited. No, we should play tennis. You I bought come... tennis rackets like five years ago. I've got like Jen. 10 tennis rackets. They still have the packaging. It was night. We had the, the lights evening. on. Right, but it was dark, so we had the lights on. I was spanking my wife's ass on the tennis courts, I was meaning I was beating her. Not with my fists. I mean, this <laughs> and, is just and, going uh, downhill. Yeah. yeah, and I wasn't tapping that <laughs> you ass. Mean you were winning. I was winning. Okay, okay. it's it. an easy <laughs> say to right. And all of a sudden, we hear this ching ching of the chain link fence. fence. Yeah, yeah. And this owl landed at the top of the fence, as if to say. I'm watching y'all bitches play. Mm. And I mean, it freaked my wife out. It was behind her and I was oh, like, dude. holy shit, it was big. Its face looked like Batman. And it just sat there for wow. like 10 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, should we be afraid that this thing is going to attack? Dude. And I got a picture of it. That was my owl story. Their presence is incredible. While they are around, you know they're around, you hear them. I feel like you don't see them Not as much. a lot. Well, I tell you, we are lucky that birds of prey are not programmed to come after us. These birds, we may be bigger than them, but they can do a lot of damage, dude. One of these birds could kill you quick if it wanted to. You think kill you? Absolutely. Animals, they know about veins. They know about slicing veins and bleeding each other out and stuff like that you know what i mean oh really oh predatory animals absolutely know how to do that so you're saying those claws come down and slice Bro, your fucking it, throat yeah dude they could just they could just freaking fly in out of nowhere you wouldn't even see it coming and even if you did see it coming with both of their claws and just go shing right across your neck you'd be done son i mean think about how close to the surface your jugular Your is? jugular vein is, dude. It's 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 a half an inch deep would cut it in half. Yeah. And these things are razor sharp claws. Oh yeah, they're on these on these uh birds of prey. And an owl particularly has some nasty claws. I feel like OVO, October's very own, the record label, mm -hmm. Drake's record label, their label, like their logo, is an owl. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the logo of their label, which is sick. Drake had a plane, and it had the big owl on the wing. It was like a 777, and he had a big owl logo on the wing. I mean, you should see their logo, dude. It's sick. So if you had to choose the yeah. Man Fuse podcast, yeah. you're going to be the hawk, and I'm going to be the owl? That That's fine with me, absolutely. Ben the hawk, Kaylee the owl. Right, absolutely. Ooh, ooh. ooh. Now that we've gone on about birds of prey. So we were having a conversation just a little bit ago. You're reading a book right now. One of my mentors had read it and talked about it a lot, and which Weiss. led my, yes, Burt Weiss. We right. are signed with his podcasting company, Pioneer. Shout out to him and Chris Tuff, who's All been the on team, this. Dude, the whole the team. team. Cassie Young. Cassie's killing it. Amy Howard. All the crew we have 
working to help us grow. Right. And it's uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Lancaster. Um, I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name, Rebecca. Last name, anyway. He was reading a book called The Naked Mind. I am reading. Right. Well, no, Bert was. Oh, oh. My wife, during our 75 hard sprint, picked that book up, bought it, started reading it. She read through it, and she gave it to you. I was over here in early January, and every year I will take at least 30 days off, typically after New Year's. I'll take 30 days off from booze just kind of to reset myself and get focused on my goals and stuff like that, do some planning. And I really just felt this year like not putting a cap on it, like not saying it's going to be 30 days. I just said, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of open-ended not drink for a little bit. And as I've gone, I've, I've, I've started doing some research into just like what it does. I wanted to know what it did in my body. And if you think about it as a culture, 87% of adults in the United States drink alcohol, yet we really don't know much about it other than what our favorite beer is, what our favorite whiskey is, what our favorite vodka is, what our favorite drink is, what our favorite wine is. We know what our favorite stuff is, but we really don't know much about what it does to us. Right, right. It's really heralded. It's just kind of a part of life. Well, it's because it's marketed. You know, if you think back to the prohibition Mm. and when it was illegal and there was this whole mob, you know, smuggling of alcohol, all these underground clubs, you know, where booze was like the fucking ecstasy or the fucking cocaine of that day, Mm -hmm. you know, before the government finally made it legal and then so they could tax the shit out of it. That's right. But bootlegging was black market industry. Oh, during Prohibition, man, you know, they, they went and they drained all the warehouses of liquor companies and all the bars had to drain their bars of everything. I mean, I feel like ever since it became legal, when it was illegal, people were using it as a, a black market drug, essentially before it became a legal drug, and that's That's exactly what it is. But now that it's legal, there's all these ads, and when you're young, you can't wait to turn to 21, and then there's like, so you could drink legally, and it's it's just like the Camel's cigarette commercials. It's like, oh, you smoke because, you know, you look good, you feel good, knowing it doesn't make you look good, it doesn't make you feel good, maybe it'll numb you. And I mean, I guess there is something to be said. I mean, we've all had great nights drinking. I mean, you know, we have fond memories of going out and I guess some nights getting wasted with our friends and having an epic night. I love to drink. But as you get older, you feel like shit the next day. And then it starts maybe affecting your health in some capacity. It definitely affects your health in a large capacity. Not just your physical health, but the big one is your mental health. That's a very little known subject as well by most people. And so I wanted to do some research into this, Kaylee. And I was talking with your wife and you prior to recording a podcast. And I was telling you guys about this, how I kind of took a break. I wasn't doing 75 hard, but I was just kind of taking a break from the, the sauce. And I was doing some research on it. And your wife goes, well, hey, you should read this book. And it was called The Naked Mind. I forget the author, but she's awesome. 
the book was exactly what I needed to read. It was it was what I was looking for and more in terms of actual information and data. What I didn't expect was to read that a lot of the mental health issues that I struggle with are a result of not just binge drinking, not just being a jerk to the people that you love and all this kind of like what you think of as an alcoholic, right? When you say the word alcohol, point is that it takes alcohol 10 days to leave your body. That's a very important metric. Okay. Well, if you consider how long it takes, like uh, the average, you know, daily weed smoker, it could take up to 30 something days to leave your body from the form of a drug test. Yes. Nicotine is one hour. When you think about smoking, what you have is the nicotine hit. Then an hour goes by, the nicotine's out of your system, and you need another cigarette. So that's why we have chain smoking. That's the cause. I was surprised to read that a lot of the mental health issues that I deal with, a lot of the weight issues that I struggle with, for example, common effects of just regular drinking, what we would consider regular drinking. Pastime drinking, your yeah. occasion, you know, a couple nights a week, maybe have yeah. a drink or two. That's right. Exactly. Because regular drinking takes it 10 days to leave your body. So the point is that if it's always in your body, that's regular drinking. So from that perspective, you could drink four times a month and the alcohol would never leave your system, which is an interesting thing. I certainly didn't know that. And part of the thing about alcohol is that it is addictive in its nature. There's nothing you can do about the fact that it is addictive to you. And it's addictive to everyone. But see, we define addiction where we see an extreme. That's right. what we see as addiction. Addiction could be you drink every Friday night. Right. You only drink on the weekends. Right. The alcohol never leaves your body. You're saturated 365 days a year. Huh. If that's how often you drink. And so the cause of that substance in your body, it changes things physiologically. Alcohol goes into your body like a sponge, your entire body, all the way to the skins, to, to the, the pores in your skin. Well, that's why when someone's been drinking a lot, you can smell it off their pores. That's correct. It emanates every area of your brain. It emanates every area of your spine. It emanates every area of every part of your body. So think about that. Let's just not call it alcohol. Let's just say it's something that you're putting in. And the cause of that particular thing to be in your body causes things like anxiety, depression. It causes people to be unorganized. ADHD is a symptom of this. A lot of the things that we struggle with, all of us. Yeah, as a society. As a really. society. Well, it's funny. We call it mental health. And then, we, and then you have to go see a psychiatrist and they give you a pill, but they don't address because nobody wants to hear about X. Right. Well, and I don't even have to call it alcohol because when I do, your brain already goes into defense mode. If I just say alcohol this... You're on defense. Already. Not me personally. But I but, mean, just yeah. most people. It's right. like, oh, well, I, you know, uh, you know. A glass of wine, uh, my uh, doctor uh, says, uh, uh, a glass of right. wine a day is actually healthy. Everybody has an answer for it. And that's fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't drink. 
I'm not saying anything. I love wine. I love whiskey. I love beer. Right. Right. My favorite beer is uh is a Czechoslovakian pilsner. Ooh. My favorite liquor is bourbon. Yes. And my favorite wine, absolutely, is Napa. And for Red. everybody listening, I just want you to know that Ben H is also a fan of Zima. Negative. In its day, I was. And so that brings <laughs> up a good point because the thing is, what this has intrigued me to do is look back into my past and remember as a child, when was alcohol first an option for me? There was a time before it was even an option. It was not a part of any of your social gatherings. It was not a part of any of the parties that you went to. It was not a part of sleeping over at your friend's house or going out into the neighborhood and playing, right? It was not a part of your life at all, at all, up to a certain point. And then it became a part of your life. And it starts really slowly with maybe stealing it from your parents' cabinet. But the point is that you don't just naturally want to take that thing. It's not like you're taking stuff out of under the sink and drinking that. Well, I guess some things are. Yeah, you're not doing 409, you know, because you see your mom walking around with 409. No, you're doing it because you see whenever there's a party at the house, whenever your parents are having a good time, whenever you're watching a movie on TV, whenever you're out at the beach, the cool teenagers, all the people, they're drinking beer. All the commercials. They're drinking beer. They're having a good time. Do you go to the beach? Bring beer, of course. Go out on the boat, you got beer. Fishing, beer. Sun, beer. River, beer. beer. Rafting, <laughs> beer. Yeah, of course. And I mean, it lowers your it lowers your inhibitions and it, you have a good time. Drinking is fun. I mean, it's fun as shit. It can be, for it sure. It can be. It can also not be. I think for me, it was around 10 years old. 10 or 11 that I wanted to try to get a sip of a beer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I kind of felt... The urge. Yeah, I was just like, you know, I'd see somebody's beer sitting there and I'm kind of like, I, I've been watching it since yeah. I was... For 10 years I've been watching and, these And I mean, who knows how many ads and commercials you've subconsciously right. absorbed into your subconscious from just watching TV, Absolutely, dude. watching your parents watch TV, yeah, and I Super grew up in Bowl, Florida, Florida State football, the beach every summer, all summer long. Talk about Zima. Talk about wine coolers. Back in the day, the peach, the peach wine coolers. Uh the peach, the peach wine coolers, the strawberry, <laughs> so refreshing, oh, so good, <laughs> so good on a hot day. Yeah, that's right, down in Florida. And I would say by the time I was fourteen or fifteen. I could pretty much get a drink whenever I wanted to. Really? Through, you know, friends and stuff like that. Alcohol was at all the parties because we were going to the 16 or 17-year-old parties. By the time you're 16 or 17, dude, you typically have alcohol with you. Yeah. If you're going out on the weekend, you're going to your buddy's house. Or you're, you're trying gonna, to figure out how to acquire it. Or you're, or you're looking for it. You're going to get a six-pack. You got a bottle of something. You got some Boone's Farm. Right. You got some Mad anything. Dog. Anything you can get your hands on, you got it with you. You're right. going to go hang out with a girl. So then by the time that I went into the Army and I was 20 years old, I was drinking regularly. Of course. I was drinking absolutely regularly. And I turned 21 years old. While I lived in Europe, my dad came to Europe to visit me for my 21st birthday, and we went to Switzerland. 
in Europe, the laws are different. You could drink legally at 20 years old there, couldn't you? 16. They actually drink much earlier, and a lot of them don't have as much of a drinking problem as we do over here because it's just treated as something normal. 21 was no big marker for me. And so I'm 42 now. So I'm sitting here going, 10 to 42 is 32 years. So let me take this idea and challenge it. Let me take this idea that I've understood my entire life, where society is in agreement, where I see a problem in myself. And instead of just trying to stop doing something that I know I want to do, let me do some research into what it actually is. Get down deep into yeah, it. Yeah, what is this? And where did this come from? The book, The Naked Mind, does it help you do that? It's everything I needed to know and more. And it's really just the beginning of this paradigm, I would call it. A paradigm of is just a way of looking at things. So for me, it's just the beginning of a different way of looking at things. I'm not saying that alcohol is bad. I'm not saying anything. Well, it is bad, though. I mean, like, you're basically taking poison. And you're consuming it. You see what I'm saying, though? Like, I even feel like I have to say that. I mean, because it is. There's nothing. I don't think the there's. Society has conditioned me. Let me just clarify. I'm no. not saying I'm never going to drink again. Guys. Well, no, what... we, we all know that it's poison, but we do it anyway because we like some of us have developed a taste for it. We're addicted we... to it. You are essentially taking Drano under your sink and consuming it. What it is. And this is interesting because alcohol, the word, is actually not edible. You can't drink alcohol. It'll kill you. It's actually ethanol. Ethanol doesn't sound as good because you get ethanol at the gas station. Your gas has ethanol in it or it's non-ethanol gas. So not really a great marketing term. But ethanol is actually what it is. And so you think about that. You get it at the gas pump. And you get it at the liquor store. Those are the two places you buy ethanol. Absolutely. Because if some, if alcohol is strong enough, as you would call it alcohol. Yeah, right. You uh, can power a motor with it. You can light it. You can power a motor with it. You can, you know. You might change a few molecules in there the way that a car would currently need it to run smoothly or something or the way it needs to burn if it's pure enough there are ethanol engines there are engines that will run off of ethanol and typically ethanol is going to be 200 proof because it's 100 percent ethanol so when we talk about our proofs that's what we're talking about we're actually talking about ethanol we're not talking about alcohol 100 proof that means it's 50 percent ethanol and 50 percent something else the flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whiskey, <clears throat> vodka, whatever it is. Right, right. They make it with potatoes. They make it with apples. They make it with whatever. To the audience out there, if I'm wrong about this, I'm no chemist, okay? So please educate us because the higher ethanol percentage, the more flammable, right? Of course. I mean, like moonshine's basically pure ethanol. Right, right. So you can damn sure run something. Remember that moonshine. golden grain, that 140 proof, 190 sure, proof? For sure. Yeah, that stuff you could for sure. Cooking with it, bro. I love cooking with alcohol. I mean, it's a wonderful ingredient. Like wine. Right. Whiskey. Yeah. Making cream sauces with whiskey and mm. stuff. Oh, dude. Yeah. And, and uh, But and, uh, essentially, you're brandy. drinking gasoline. Correct. Taking your hat off. Just take okay. your brain out. Hat put off. it over brain, the shelf. Brain, no brain. You're pouring ethanol into your body constantly. Healthy? You're pouring ethanol in your body. Like you pour it in your gas tank. Right. You are a living organism. 
made of flesh and bone, and it emanates like a sponge. It makes your bones weaker. It makes your muscles smaller. It makes your tendons weaker. It makes your brain work slower. It makes your memory worse. It gives you whiskey. See less. Prevents you from getting hard. And that's why. Because it emanates your body like a sponge. And it's gasoline. You're basically taking the gas pump and dumping it in your fucking ear. Or deep throating the pump. If you're someone like me who's regarded by many others as a heavy drinker, okay, which to me I just say... You guys are pussies. <laughs> <laughs> lightweight. Yeah, lightweight. Because for some reason it's cool to be able to drink a lot when actually if you think about what I, what I just said, it's ridiculously stupid. It's the opposite it, of cool. It is the dumbest fucking thing you could possibly do to saturate yourself to the levels that I am known. Acc- accustomed to. Accustomed to. Over decades. is pretty scary. Causes cancer. It causes your body to break down. All It causes heart disease. That's why this COVID shit pissed me off. Because with the death counter, look up how many people die a year from cancer. Look up how many people die a year from heart disease. Look how many people die a year from obesity. Look how many people die a year in car accidents. The numbers are staggering. And all of these things are caused by the substance. Whether that's the sole reason for everyone's death, I'm, I'm sure it's not. Because guess what? It's also in the food. It's also in the water. It's in the air. It's everywhere. But the point is that it's about what you put in your body. That's what your health is about. Your health isn't about working out. Your health is about what you put in your body. You are what you eat. It's like planting a farm. What are you putting in the ground? What are you putting in the soil? We are as soil. We are of the soil. We are Mm. of the earth. We're a living organism on the earth that is of the earth. Everybody who has read the book has been like, holy shit, that was eye-opening as hell. I haven't read it personally, but like I said, now Ben H. has read it, my wife has read it. You start off going, ah, it's the end of the day, it's five o'clock, I'm going to treat myself to having a drink. And then one becomes two and two becomes three, and then it's like, why though? Why do I need to reward myself at the end of the day? Because most people feel like it takes a load off. It's like smoking a cigarette. Sure. A sense of relaxing. Sure. After you you take a puff or after you light it. And sometimes it becomes the tradition of of going through the packing the cigarettes, Uh pulling one out, flipping one over as a lucky, lighting the cigarette. That's right. Or, you know, just like... It's a ceremony. It's right, of making that drink, grabbing your cup. I'm wanting a drink right now just thinking about it. Craving a Moscow mule, how, you know, take a... I love doing a cocktail at lunch. Yes. Let's go. The naked mind, who? (laughs) (laughs) So easy how we forget what we just read. The book is called The Naked Mind, and if you've ever had, you know, these thoughts or struggles with alcohol, you know, maybe not what you'd classify as a full-blown alcoholic where you need to go to AA and announce to everyone that you are an alcoholic. To me, people who are in AA have lost the ability to live life with it. It's almost like a functioning drug addict. Someone in AA has hit rock bottom to the point where they're like, I can't even function anymore in society, in my work, in my marriage, in my relationships, because alcohol has become 
the relationship. Yeah, bro. And so I would say a good majority of us have a better hold on it than that, but you're just a functioning. Maybe. 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 It depends it depends on how you understand alcohol. In other words, like that 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 10 day metric that I mentioned. That 10 day metric, bro, that's very important because what that means is that even if you're having one or two drinks every 10 days, alcohol still is never leaving your system. So you're going to have some effect of the effects of it over right. a long term. And so what I'm talking about is the long term effect of this that we don't understand. You're right, because out of all the people I know, you are the most responsible when it comes to alcohol. Like out of all my friends that I know of. I mean, a lot of people, I don't know how they are. But of all my really good friends, you're by far the most responsible with alcohol. You don't drink much. You don't drink a lot of different things. You know what you want to drink. And you don't drink often, as far as I know. Like for me, a Moscow mule, a blueberry mule. The blueberry vodka. Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, and so- it's good. Before I did 75 hard last year, yeah, wouldn't be a lot. I found myself every evening, five o'clock, stress of the kids, getting them to bed. I would have a mule, right. just one, maybe on Friday night, maybe I have two. Right. And I'm not saying I'm any better than anybody else. My wife still, after 10 years together, has never seen me drunk. I don't know that you've ever seen me drunk. I really don't think I have. No, you probably haven't. And, no, it might have been, been. And we've been hanging for like 20 years almost. Now I've eaten ecstasy. I've smoked plenty of weed. I think they used to call me Whiskey Ben before they called me Buckhead Ben. Our buddy Case, when he used to drink, we call him Showcase. Yeah. <laughs> or Sweaty Ben. I used to sweat. <laughs> you I still do. You still sweat a lot. When I get really inebriated, I sweat. It's weird. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny, though, because you have like a tell, though. Like I can always tell in your speech. Yeah. When you hit that point of, I don't know that it's, I wouldn't say you're shwasted. It's just the way that you carry yourself and you're not an angry drunk. You're a fun fucking partying. Like, most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Yes, it stays in your system. Yes, your body is feeling the effects, but you are, if you were to say that you have a problem with alcohol, but you are functioning. Now, the people in AA, there's a reason they're there because they've lost yeah. All other hope. These are people that are getting DUI after yeah. DUI who are waking up, right. not remembering anything from the people that are waking up and they pissed on the couch because yeah. they were so blackout drunk, their body yeah. didn't wake up. And it's a serious thing. And I'm not making light of those people. It's become a disease. Well, the interesting thing, okay, is when we talk about like stress, for example, the question is, is it causing the stress that we're experiencing that we are seeking alcohol to take away? You see what I'm saying? So the question becomes, is it causing the things that I'm drinking about? Is alcohol actually a symptom of alcohol is stress? And you may have a stressful life. I know I do. You know what I'm saying? My work can be very stressful consistently, yeah. right? Uh -huh. So I have to find a way to deal with that because it's otherwise it's unhealthy. You know what I'm saying? Working out is always a good solution for me. I mean, it just helps me stay. And I'm a naturally energetic. Yeah. My wife says hyper. My wife says. Yeah, you're ADD. a dog that has to be ran every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this dog. <laughs> you got to run that run. dog. Yeah, you got to run that dog, or this dog <laughs> will run you. You know, if I could get, you know, if I could sweat, if I, you know, if I can get to the point of burning to where I'm sweating. 
keeping my mind at ease. I'm keeping my impulse control down. So the book is The Naked Mind. Check it out. If you have any thoughts, concerns, you have something going on in your life you want to share with the show, you can join us at manfuse.com or 770-744-5227. 